Hey guys, it's Blake, and you're listening to an all-new episode of Blonde Hair, Black Heart. Happy Valentine's Day, you sexy motherfuckers. <laughs> um, yeah, no, for real, I, <laughs> you guys are so sexy. Uh, but I hope you're all having a beautiful, wonderful Valentine's Day. I hope you are being showered with love from your significant other or your uh, best friends or your, I don't know, your mom and dad or yourself. I mean, honestly, like celebrate yourself, love yourself uh, today and every day. Um, I'm not a big Valentine's Day person myself. Um, I'm not like anti, I'm not one of those like, fuck Valentine's Day, like screw happy people. Um, like even when I was single, I, I wasn't about that. Uh, I'm just, for me, I'm not like a huge like, um, like gift person. Like I feel like I am more about experiences or like, I don't know, like attention. Like for me, what I love about Valentine's Day is like, you know, people telling me that they love me or like, you know, telling me how amazing I am more so than, you know, giving me a box of chocolates. Um, I mean, that's also why, like my birthday, for example, I, I don't need gifts, but if like all of my friends haven't posted a like personalized tribute to me on their Instagram story, then are we really friends? So yeah, that's, that's my vibe is like really just, you know, showing people that you care or, um, you know, showing me <laughs> that you care. That's what I love about holidays. Um, so yeah, Valentine's day, like it's, it's whatever, but Matt and I don't, don't go too over the top. Um, also because our anniversary is in three days. So we, you know, we'd rather celebrate our, like our anniversary and our wedding and celebrate our love, you know, in, in that respect than on Valentine's day. Um, you know, if we, if we have to choose one, I feel like it, it makes more sense to celebrate our wedding. So yeah. So this weekend, we're actually going up to LA to celebrate our anniversary. Um, we're taking a couple friends with us. It's one of our friend's birthday. So we're going to celebrate him, but mostly celebrate me and Matt. Uh, but we're super excited. Uh, we're going to a taping of the Jennifer Hudson show. Um, so that should be really fun. Uh, I've never seen an episode. It's a, it's a new show. I don't even, I think this is its first season, but, um, I, I'm hoping she does what like Kelly Clarkson does and, and, you know, makes like makes a concert out of every episode because I mean, why the hell not? Like you, you've got the resources and by resources, I mean like your, your voice. So do it. So, um, I'm hoping, yeah, that we get like, you know, basically a private J-HUD concert. I will definitely keep you guys updated. And then we have reservations at TomTom Tom and at Pump and, um, yeah, I'm like so excited. And especially with Vanderpump Rules starting up again, which don't worry, we're going to be talking about it on the episode today. Uh, we'll, we'll get there. But yeah, with Vanderpump Rules coming back, I feel like this is the perfect timing to just like go run around West Hollywood. You know, I'm super excited. Can't wait. Uh, so this past weekend obviously was the Super Bowl. Um, now you guys know I'm not like a sports person. So, you know, I was in it for uh, the snacks and Rihanna, obviously. Um, so I hosted a Super Bowl party and I, I invited like so many people and it kind of got a little overboard. And at one point I counted in between all of our friends and then like their kids, it was going to be like 45 people. 
So I literally went to Costco and bought like multiple party platters and like got so much food, so much alcohol. I made like a giant crock pot full of uh, dip and oh my God, you guys, this dip is fucking insane. Um, Really quick, if you have a pen and paper, it's equal parts Hormel chili, hot chili with no beans and then equal parts uh, Philly cream cheese. Literally throw it all in a crock pot, turn it on low for all day and like thank me later. So I made that, and then I made a crock pot full of meatballs, which were also really good. Um, and I was, like, pr- fully prepared for 50 people, basically. And then the morning of the Super Bowl, all of the straight people started dropping like flies. Like, it was so weird. All of the straight couples, I would, like, get a text from the wife being like, Hey, so um, my husband is, like, a really big Eagles fan, and so he just, like, he needs a specific environment. I'm like, okay, uh, like, borderline homophobic. Um, But, you know, whatever, fine. I just thought it was really interesting that, like, it ended up being just the—it was literally all gay people at, like, a football party. (laughs) I don't know. It was just very off-brand. For me, for, like, the LGBTQ community, especially, like, my friends that I surround myself with, like, I mean, none of us watched any part of the game. Like, not a single moment, not a single, like, kick of the ball or, like, you know, throw of the ball or whatever the fuck they do with the damn ball. Um, But as soon as Rihanna came on, it was, like, dead silent. You could hear a pin drop in my house and we were all just, like, glued to the TV, including the kids, you know, we're raising them right. So yeah, all in all, it was a lot of fun. We had so much leftover food. Um, I'm going to be eating that chili for weeks. So thank God that it's like the best fucking thing ever. And I won't ever get sick of it. Uh, like literally you guys, this, this chili, I'm not fucking kidding. It's the best thing ever. And it looks kind of gross. (laughs) Like, I'm not going to lie. It looks like like, when you first see it, you're like, what? But it's so fucking good. I, I like, we for our wedding, speaking of our anniversary and our wedding, for mine and Matt's wedding, for our rehearsal dinner, my parents just hosted it at their house, and I made my mom make this dip. Like, knowing that it would, like, look like we were throwing, like, a white trash hillbilly wedding, you know, with, like, a crock pot full of dip in the middle, like, chili dip, but it was so fucking good. I didn't care. And you guys know I'm, like, so fucking bougie. Like, Heather Dubrow would never, but maybe if she tasted it, she would. I don't know. Okay, so while we're talking about this past weekend, I have to tell you guys about a really weird, uh, sketchy, fucked up situation that happened. Um, so as you guys know, my husband and I are trying to adopt a baby. And obviously that's a roller coaster, um, a emotional roller coaster. It is, it's been wild. And I've, t- I've talked a little bit with you guys about some of the hurdles that we've had to jump. Um, obviously, you know, there are financial hurdles and there's a lot of like, you know, logistics and paperwork and just things that like when you think of bringing a a child into the world or like starting your family, you're not really thinking of like clerical work. So that's a hurdle. Um, But another hurdle that, you know, I talked about on the podcast a while ago was, uh, you know, being harassed by people online. And, you know, we were expecting to get the like anti-LGBTQ people, but we weren't expecting 
uh, nor did we even know that there were like anti-adoption people that are just like firmly against adoption. Um, like I said, I talked about it on a previous episode. Uh, you can go back and find it if you want to hear all of that, but it's, it's fucking weird. Um, but another hurdle that we, you know, had, had been warned about by, um, adoption professionals that we had spoken to and then other adoptive parents and just people in, you know, the, the adoption community was to be on the lookout for scammers. And obviously when you think of scammers, you're like, well, so what are they after? And, and typically it's money. And so, um, you know, I think initially we thought, and I think most people would just think like, okay, you know, someone is going to come and they're going to say they're going to give you their baby and then you're going to help provide, you know, financial support for them and all of this stuff. And then at the end, they're just going to keep their baby. And that was going to that was kind of the plan all along. And they just really wanted to get money out of you. Um, so we, we were, you know, kind of always on the lookout for that. But one thing that we had heard about and and we were shocked by just shocked that this like existed was the emotional scammer. And this is someone who, you know, does kind of the same thing, like, you know, tells you that, you know, they want you to adopt their baby. But rather than doing it for financial gain, they are simply doing it to fuck with you. And just like the thought of that, like, alone is baffling. Um, Now, experiencing it is a whole other story. So on Saturday night, I got a phone call from a number I didn't uh, recognize, and I always let those go to voicemail. I mean, like, I I don't like answering the phone even when I know who it is. So I let it, I I just let it go, and the person didn't leave a voicemail. So I was like, all right, that's interesting. Um, Maybe I should call back. You know, because we're in this adoption process, I normally I wouldn't have called them back. I would have been like, oh, it's just scam. Like if they, if, or it's a spam call, if they needed me, they would have left a message. But you know, I'm, I'm a little bit more, um, like, I don't know, I guess curious or like, oh, I was, I was like, I should, for some reason I just felt like, oh, I should call them back. So I did. And immediately this girl answered and, um, I, I was like, hi, my name is Blake. I just missed a call from, from this number. And she was like, oh, is this about adoption? And I was like, well, I, 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 it could be. I mean, you, you were the one that called me, but we are, you know, pr- potential adoptive parents or hopeful adoptive parents. Um, were, were you hoping to, to talk to us about that kind of thing? And so she and I ended up getting into this conversation and she explained to me that she is a college student here at our local university and she uh, had a baby the day before, so this past Friday, and she decided that she wanted to give the baby up for adoption. And one of her friends had seen our profile online or like our Instagram page or something and had, you know, passed it along to her. So obviously, like right away, I'm, I'm, you know, my heart's racing, I'm sweating, I'm so excited, I'm like flagging Matt down, you know, to come, like, come over here, like, like, I've got this girl on the phone, you know, we put it on speakerphone, and we kind of start talking to her together, and she's asking us questions, she asks us about, um, you know, like, our religious beliefs. She asks us about, um, you know, how we plan on raising the baby, she asks us about, you know, what type of communication we would hope to have with the birth parents, all of this stuff. Um, And then she asks if she can FaceTime with us. And so we say, yeah, of course. So we FaceTimed with her for like 
a half hour and you know we actually saw this girl and um and i will tell you that like as soon as we saw her i was like oh shit she looks like she just gave birth like she's she looks tired like this this you know i was like oh my god how are you like that was my first gut response when i saw her was just like oh my god how are you doing like this must just be such an an insane time for you like how are you um and yeah, we continued to talk with her and, and we connected with her and we were asking her some questions and, you know, she continued to ask us a lot of questions. Um, and it it seemed too good to be true, which like should have been the first red flag. So uh, we we get off FaceTime and she's texting us photos of the baby. Like she sent us like half a dozen photos of the baby. And, you know, we're just getting so, so excited. And so um, we basically told her like, all right, well, you know, since the baby's already here, this is something we need to move fast on. So we will give our attorney a call right now and just kind of figure out what the next steps are. So we called our attorney uh, right away and, and thankfully she picked up right away. And What's interesting is we asked her, like, so what do we do? Like, we think we might have just made this match. Like, what are the the right next steps? Or like, is there procedure? Like, what are the legalities? Or like, how do we do this? And what is so interesting is she she was basically like, there there are no real right steps. Like, obviously, you know, once once everyone is like 100% on board, then we'll, you know, start the like paperwork part of it. But really, like, you just need to you know, communicate with this girl and maybe go meet her, like see if you can go meet her and just like, like basically form this relationship, you know, essentially overnight or, you know, right away, but, but basically connect with her and, and feel it out. And that is the only real way to go about it. Um, In the meantime, though, our attorney uh, agreed to have one of her colleagues uh, reach out to this, this quote unquote birth mom and and she would the, the colleague would represent her and so that and we would take care of all of that like we you know we were like basically like all right we're going to get you a lawyer we are going to do all of this stuff like let's do it let's jump on it so um our attorney was like all right just get me you know the this girl's information and then I will pass it along to my colleague and then she will reach out and contact her so i sent her full name and uh phone number to our attorney and about 10 minutes later, we got a phone call from our attorney who was just like, I am so, so sorry. But, um, you know, I guess the, the attorneys all have some sort of network or some sort of like, you know, uh, forum where they pool their information. And, and she was able to like, you know, put this girl's name into whatever database or you know who knows it, might, it could be like an excel sheet i don't fucking know um but she put this this young lady's name in and basically it was determined that she is an emotional scammer and that she has done this repeatedly to uh hopeful adoptive parents in arizona uh over and over again and she doesn't have a baby there is no newborn baby she is simply um scamming people and we were her latest victims. So at that point, you know, we were just advised like, yeah, just, you know, let it go, maybe block her or whatever. Um, so, you know, we're obviously like so bummed about it. At this point, Matt 
somehow like the the timing is so weird but he like right then like right after we were told that she was a scammer he noticed that we had a dm from her from her like actual instagram page um that had gone into our like general folder on instagram so we didn't see it earlier but it was from her and it was from a minute before she had called me and her dm was like hey i'm pregnant with a little baby boy um i'm i'm giving birth later this month like are you guys still looking to adopt which is the com- a completely different story than what she was telling us when she called us a minute later after she sent that dm which was that she had just had a baby and the baby was a girl um so i mean already we're like okay wait what um it's it's wild like you know first of all not keeping her story straight whatsoever um second of all like she used her real name her real phone number and her real instagram account to contact us so that to me is so bizarre like i i'm i struggle to understand the pathology behind that like you would think someone that is like a scammer or especially like especially they don't want any money they're just doing it to fuck with someone like you'd think they would use a fake name a fake account but she was like really putting herself out there you know and then the fact that she wanted to facetime with us like this wasn't just over the phone this wasn't just via text this was like i mean first of all she called us so it was voice to voice but then we facetimed with her and we were literally face to face for a half hour like that's twisted like i i again like i i i can't rationalize or wrap my head around what she was thinking or what she was gaining from any of this um so at this point we see this you know dm and we're like all right this this girl is clearly fucking with us and so i just let it go um matt blocked her from our social medias but like i didn't block her number from my phone um and then uh yesterday so monday so sunday comes and goes and then on monday um matt's at work and in the afternoon i get a call from her again and she's just asking like if everything's still good and we still want want to adopt the baby and i i kind of played along for a second because i was like i'm I'm just curious to see where this all goes so i was like yeah we're we're so ready like did did the attorney ever reach out to you and like i know that our attorney didn't end up um referring anyone else to her like it never got that far but you know i just wanted to see what she would say so i was like oh did the attorney reach out like what did they say and she was like yeah i talked to the attorney everything's good i also talked to the nurses at the hospital and you guys can go see the baby and so i was like oh great like you know which hospital which floor and she was you know like giving what was interesting is she gave the right answers like she said an actual hospital and then she she said the fourth floor which then i like later googled and the NICU is on the fourth floor of that hospital but i'm now knowing like this is all bullshit um so she's like yeah let me just you know our my social worker wanted to talk to you guys so i'll have my social worker reach out and i was like okay great looking forward to it (laughs) um and then i never heard anything and i was at like three or four in the afternoon and then this morning i woke up and i had received a text from her at 4 a.m that just said i'm keeping my baby like okay madonna like there is no baby there's no baby um so you know looking back like in in hindsight there were other major red flags like you know when i first asked her a question about the birth father like her answer was one thing and then i kind of kept pushing a little bit and then her answer kind of changed and like 
you know, I, I zoomed in on one of the pictures of the baby that she sent and you can like see on the baby, like the little wristband that they put on people in the hospital. You can see there's a date and it says 2021 on it. Um, but obviously, like, I wasn't, like, zooming in on the wristband in this picture when I first – when she first reached out. I was just, like, so excited because we thought we were getting a baby, you know? And that's what's so fucked up about this is that, like, it's it's such an emotional thing for people to go to. It is – it's already been such a roller coaster without having to deal with people, like – fucking with you and like essentially teasing you and and like getting your hopes up over this um you know it feels weird that people would turn uh our adoption journey or our road to parenthood and to creating our family into a prank you know um like it's just some sort of joke or it's just something that can be fucked with and that's sad and it's hurtful and it's confusing um, and it's discouraging. You know, it's a lot of things. Um, but I don't know. I'm I'm fortunate that uh, I'm the type of person that can find humor in most things. So, you know, thankfully, thankfully, there was no money given. Like, thankfully, we didn't give her all of this stuff. Thankfully, you know, this entire ordeal lasted, you know, two days and it wasn't weeks or months. Um, and thankfully, we can laugh about it. You know, I, I even while it was all happening, like even as we were discovering that she was a scammer, like even in the throes of it, I, I was just thinking to myself. <laughs> You were conned. You were conned. I was conned. You were conned. I was lied to. So yeah. Anyways, that's that's something that happened. Um, but we we keep it moving. We move forward. Uh, and you know, I I feel far worse for this weird girl who spends her Saturday nights um, scamming hopeful adoptive parents than I do for us who were on the receiving end of the scam. You know, like she obviously is in a, a way darker situation than we are or ever will be. So to that girl, um, get well soon. <laughs> like I, 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 and leave us the fuck alone. One of the best things about growing up in Arizona is that there's incredible Mexican food on every street corner. And you know what goes best with good Mexican food? Traditional Mexican horchata. Don't know what horchata is? It's creamy, delicious rice milk flavored with cinnamon, vanilla, and sugar. Okay, you thirsty now? Me too. Luckily, even if you're far from the southern border, you can get your horchata fix every day with cinnamon. Cinnamon is a brand created by my good friend Tyler, who is even more obsessed with horchata and all things cinnamon than I am. He's developed all natural skincare products and more, crafted in California with ethically sourced ingredients and infused with real cinnamon. Have you heard of the antibacterial, antifungal, antiviral, or antioxidant properties of cinnamon when applied to the skin? Or how about how it helps treat acne? What about how cinnamon promotes blood flow, helping with skin elasticity by bringing blood flow to the surface of the skin and helping to moisturize skin with all of that added circulation? Some of my personal favorite products from Sinmin are their signature lip balm that gives your lips a sweet tingle and a subtle natural plump, their all-natural deodorant developed for sensitive skin, and the Coco Chata body beverage that leaves your body hydrated and smelling like heaven. They even have candles and air fresheners to keep your entire home, car, or office smelling like your favorite dessert. 
With Cinnamon, you'll enjoy all the benefits Cinnamon has to offer your skin and your senses. Visit cinnamon.com, that's S-I-N-M-I-N.com, and use code Blake at checkout for 15% off your total order today and receive free shipping on all orders over $50. That's code Blake for 15% off your order at cinnamon.com. I may have a black heart, but I can be sweet sometimes, and Cinnamon definitely helps. Okay, let's talk about the premiere of Vanderpump Rules. Season 10 begins with the dissolving of Tom and Katie's marriage, and both of them telling the producers their take on the situation. Katie says what she's always said, Tom can't seem to grow up. And Tom says what he's always said, I wasn't listening to what Katie said, can you repeat it for me? <laughs> I mean, honestly, it's impressive that Katie lasted as long as she did with this man-baby. Katie and Tom seem to be confident that they can move forward as friends, as long as neither of them starts hooking up with anyone else in the friend group. So, good luck with that. Both Katie and Tom have moved back into apartments, so the vibes are back to feeling like the good old days of pump rules when I was decidedly richer than all of these people. James and Raquel are also navigating life after their breakup, although James seems to have moved on completely with his new girlfriend Allie, who according to Raquel looks exactly like James's mom, who kind of looked like Kristen, tbh, so James has a type. I used to think his type was dumb as dirt, but I guess it's his mom? Maybe both? Tom and Tom are counting down the days to the grand opening of Schwartz and Sandy's, and it seems like they've been counting forever. I mean, the place looks cool, but you can tell how green they are by how long this whole project has taken, due to their indecisiveness. Time is money, and that's a concept that they clearly haven't seemed to grasp yet. I'm also so curious, like, do they have any involvement in TomTom Tom anymore? I kind of feel like Lisa Vanderpump gave them the ultimate gift and they just kind of bailed. Like, you know, I'm actually going to TomTom Tom this week for dinner, like I told you guys before, so I will definitely report back as to whether or not the Toms were actually there running this ship. Tom and Tom talk about how they miss the good old days when they could just be idiots together and not worry about work, but I feel like no matter what the situation is for Tom and Tom, work or play, they're gonna be idiots. It's who they are. Raquel is working a shift at Sir when she's stopped by Peter. Peter and Raquel went on a date, and Peter's very clearly wanting a second one, while Raquel seems less interested, saying she just wants to keep things casual, so Peter promises to wear a t-shirt. Idiots, every fucking last one of them. Lala, Katie, and Ariana get together to discuss the men in their lives, or the men that used to be in their lives. Lala explains why she, like Katie, doesn't fuck with Tom Schwartz anymore. He's still hanging out and playing pickleball with Randall. I mean, who the fuck plays pickleball, for real? Lala also discusses the LA Times article that came out last year detailing all of Randall's secret scandals. So okay, I'm, I'm not blaming Lala for Randall's actions at all, but, and I said this when the article first came out, there's no way she didn't know what was going on. Like, there's no way. You know, even if she only knew half of the stuff that was going on, the fact that she rode that ride as long as she did is, I don't know questionable. Plus, I also told you guys that she and her team were pushing that LA Times article out hard. I was sent the article by Lala's assistant, and she told me to spread it around. Anyways, James is DJing at Sir, and he tells Lisa all about his new love, Allie, and he seems smitten. He's also drinking again because he feels like he only quit for Raquel. Now that Raquel's out of the picture, he can start over with Allie from square one, so this should be fun. Peter goes over to James in the DJ booth and awkwardly tells him that he's going to take Raquel out on another date. And James holds back a laugh. He clearly doesn't give a shit. And not because it's Raquel, but because it's Peter. Then Raquel and James bump into each other outside of the gender-neutral bathroom and have one of the most awkward conversations that I've ever seen on a show built on awkward conversations. It's 
rough to watch. Honestly, I feel for Raquel. I wasn't expecting her to take this breakup as hard as she seems to be. I mean, she's dating Peter. Girl is clearly going through it. And to make matters worse for Raquel, Lala and James later reveal that they hooked up while both of them were in relationships, with Randall and Raquel respectively. I mean, no shit, but aw. I mean, the truth does always come out. Tom and Tom sit down for lunch and talk about why they don't think Tom Schwartz owes Lala anything. He doesn't need to show her any loyalty. They also talk about the situation surrounding Randall now and how hard it is to believe that Lala had no clue what was going on. This is what I was saying before. She was, after all, one of the actresses on this quote-unquote casting couch. Later, James is DJing at a pool party and all of his girls are in attendance. Lala, Raquel, and his new thin-lipped girlfriend. Raquel and Allie actually have a really nice conversation. I think they could possibly be friends. Or archenemies. Or both. I mean, this is Vanderpump Rules, after all. It's Valentine's Day, which means that we're all a little more likely to be indulging in some chocolatey goodies. But when you really look at what some of our favorite generic candy is made of, you'll want to break up with it immediately. Don't limit yourself to your kids' candy hearts and chocolate kisses. Vosges Haute Chocolate was founded in 1998 when CEO and founder Katrina Markoff pioneered the concept of exotic chocolate by fusing spices, herbs, nuts, and flavors from around the world with premium chocolate. Explore a wide variety of assorted chocolates made with vibrant cacao and superiorly sourced ingredients. Vosges Artisan Chocolate is meant to balance the body, mind, and spirit when eaten mindfully. Indulge in gourmet chocolate with exotic chocolate flavor profiles, such as Dulce de Leche Bonbons, Manchego and Cherry Dark Chocolate Bars, and Ginger Turmeric Milk Chocolate. The perfect gift for the chocolate lover in your life or yourself, Vosges Haute Chocolates offers premium chocolate gifts and chocolate gift baskets. You guys, these are not your kids' candy bars. Order your premium chocolates online today and taste the difference. Visit VosgeChocolate.com, that's Vosges spelled V-O-S-G-E-S, chocolate.com, and use code Blake to get 15% off your order. Happy Valentine's Day! Okay, The Real Housewives of New Jersey was also back last week, so let's get into it. We finally have some new cast members after years of having the same main cast, so I'm excited. Dolores is now dating Paul, and, okay, he looks different on the show than he does on her Instagram. Hey, Facetune. Just saying. Jen's been doing some ceremonies to try and rid herself of bad luck. She seems to think that drama follows her, but maybe, just maybe, she's the drama. But Jen will never own her part in anything, as is evident by her new feud with Dolores. Dolores really is a solid friend to all of these women, and as neutral as they come in the Bravoverse. But I sure wouldn't want to put myself on Dolores' bad side, that's for sure. Melissa and Joe are still feeling burned by Melissa not being included in Teresa's wedding. But according to Melissa, she texted Teresa after the reunion last season to try and let it all go. Teresa never responded until months later to invite Melissa to her 50th birthday, and at this point Melissa wasn't having it. So at her 50th birthday dinner, Teresa and Louis are talking all about how Melissa and Joe aren't in attendance, and Louis calls the Gorgas immature and insecure. I mean, I think, truly, that both sides of this feud love to fan the flames or fuel the fire or whatever the damn analogy is, and I know that Teresa doesn't like analogies, but this one fits, so she's gonna have to deal with it. Melissa throws her 80s roller skating party, and it's the first time all of the ladies are back together since the reunion. And we also get to meet all of the new wives, Jen, Danielle, and Rachel. 
Jen we didn't learn much about, but Danielle we know is from Staten Island, not Franklin Lakes, and there's a big difference apparently. And Rachel was born in 1991. <laughs> um, what? Like, okay, yes, we've had millennial housewives before, Megan King Edmonds, anyone? But younger than me? I am not okay with this. So I don't know if you guys noticed, but Tiki, Barber, and his wife were in attendance. I don't know why, but they were. And same with Jackie later on at the photo shoot, who was not happy to be left out of some of the conversations, aka to not get any screen time. I wonder if this point she already knew that she was demoted or if she was still fighting for her spaghetti or her meatball or whatever it is. Anyways, back to the actual cast members. Dolores invites all of the women and their husbands to Margaret's for a photo shoot to raise money for charity, including Jen and Bill. Jen accepts the invitation, but she still hates Dolores and no sexy photo shoot for charity is ever gonna change that. But before the sexy photo shoot, Margaret and Teresa agree to have a meetup, and it went better than I anticipated it would. And I actually think in this situation, Teresa may have handled it better than Margaret. I know, I know, I'm surprised too. I mean, sure, she needed Louis to coach her through it all, but still, she was calm and she seemed level-headed, which for Teresa is a miracle. You know, she was real and raw as a cucumber. <laughs> I mean, I never said she was intelligent. And while I agreed with the majority of Marge's points, on the other hand, I thought that she came in hot and, you know, she called Teresa a grudge holder and some other things, and I just feel like you have to use kid gloves with Teresa, so she could have been softer. Still, it seemed to bring the two of them to some sort of mutual ground, for now, at least. Then, Dolores and Margaret host their charity calendar photo shoot, and it is something. <laughs> it's supposed to be sexy, and I mean, I get that attraction is subjective. We're all into different stuff. You like what you like, but yikes. You know, even the good-looking husbands didn't look good. I mean, I expected more from Evan, I'll say that. Rachel's husband, the superstar from Law & Order, was something to look at. He has the smallest little face ever. Like how Teresa has a tiny forehead, he has a really, really tiny mouth area. You're never gonna be able to unsee it now. <laughs> During the photo shoot, Marge finds a moment to sneak away from the charitable work to do some real charity for us viewers by stirring the pot. She goes and tells Melissa how Louie and Teresa called her insecure. Marge knows exactly what she's doing, and immediately after sitting down with Teresa and talking about how they need to form more trust between them, I mean, I don't know. Interesting way to accomplish that, if you ask me. Meanwhile, Jen Aiden is running her mouth to all of the new girls about her feuds with Dolores and Margaret, and per usual, she's not seeking advice or anyone else's opinions, she's simply running her mouth. So Rachel goes and tells Dolores that Jen's talking about her, and Dolores goes to see what's up. The talk goes just about as well as one could expect, which is, not well, bitch. And it ends even more poorly, with Jen telling Dolores that she looks like an old handbag. Hopefully a nice Michael Kors bag, at least. I mean, I love Dolores, but she's definitely not a Birkin. This isn't Beverly Hills. All right, that's it for today. Thank you guys so much for listening to an all-new episode of Blonde Hair, Black Heart. As always, please go follow me on social media. I'm funnier there than I am here, let's be real. Make sure to like or subscribe to the podcast so you never miss an episode. And please go give me a five-star rating or review. Until next time, bye.